You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name is Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News. And today we are continuing to talk about NBA free agency, which might seem confusing to you if you're listening because it is 8.35 p.m. Eastern. I have to clarify down to the minute during free agency, but the Pacers have done nothing since me and Adam last talked. Uh, they currently technically have a full roster. They've had some summer camp practices going on. But that said, I thought a lot about what the Pacers are at right now, what their roster looks like, what they can do going forward. And I think that they kind of have to do something still. It might not be something big. But the Pacers can't really be done. So there's a lot to talk about. So what can the Pacers still do? Why do they still need to do something? What guys that are still out there uh, from their perspective do they need to consider? So there's a lot to talk about. And I actually think that some of the stuff today is more interesting for a listener than, you know, just talking about them signing Tory Craig. When we talk about breaking down Tory Craig, that will be very interesting. But what they can do is interesting. So there's a lot to get to. My intro is way too long. Joining me on the other line to break this all down. My lovely co-host, who has heard me ramble for about 20 minutes now about stuff the Pacers could do, former Indy Corners writer extraordinaire Adam Friedman. Adam, how are you? I thought I, I thought you were doing a solo pod. I'm just listening on the Zoom. <laughs> that, that's basically what uh, just happened. That was way too long of an intro. It's I've got to give it. You know what? Tony is very excited right now. He has been spending all day pouring over the Pacers cap sheet, pouring over moves, trades. How to get the Pacers to the point where they can keep Keelan Martin, get rid of the lamb, get a player, be under the tax. I mean, he is basically like he's probably the most like locked into the back end of the roster outside of like Chad Buchanan and Kevin Richard right now. <laughs> so I have to give an assist before we get going to Scott McNeilis. Scott, if you're listening, thank you. I don't know if you listen or not. At Indy Cincy on Twitter. He does a lot of Pacers cap stuff on Real GM, and he's the only guy that I trust with with like back and forth Pacers salary cap stuff. And we were talking today. And he helped me get a lot of these ideas off the ground. But let's start with why I think the Pacers still need to make a move. I think that is a necessary setting for everything we're going to talk about this entire podcast. So if you want to hear about McConnell and Craig, yesterday's show, we broke that down. But they signed TJ McConnell and Tory Craig. Technically, they have 15 guys under contract. They're under the tax. Sounds good. Check. Roster. Um, without knowing how the Pacers structured deals for McConnell and Craig, even if they're structured as small as the deals can possibly be in the first year, the Pacers are about four to $500,000 shy of the luxury tax. They're under it. That's fine. But that's really close. Why does that matter? Because of bonuses, right? So if Miles Turner makes all defense, he gets a million-dollar bonus. They're over the luxury tax. If TJ Warren, uh, he, he has a bonus for hitting a certain number of threes at a certain percentage. If he does that, they're in the tax. If it's a bonus... Makes an All-NBA team. He keeps growing every year. That's not impossible. They'd be in the luxury tax. Who knows if there's bonuses in McConnell or Torrey Craig's contracts. If any of those bonuses hit, they're in the tax. The Pacers are not going to run that risk, right? They're just not. Last year, they were barely over the tax, and they could have easily just not signed. They could have signed someone cheaper than Keelan Martin and but under, but instead, they traded TJ Lee for Jalen McHugh to get way under just in case. So I, I, it's not impossible that they just risk it and say, if the players are good enough, we'll pay it. But Adam, I think you'll agree that those are this team is not quite good enough to be a tax team. And because of the reasons I just said, they still need to do 
maybe something minor, maybe something a little bigger to try to get some distance from the tax and get some flexibility. Yeah, because it's not just about being like under the tax to not pay luxury tax. Because like honestly, if you're a million over, it's not that much money. It's the flip side of losing out on right. That's the profit sharing. You told me this, right? You end up losing out on like maybe up to ten million dollars in like profit sharing because if you're over the tax, you don't qualify for it. So it, it's a big swing in terms of just like money, potential money you could lose, even if it's not like a huge tax bill. Um, but I mean, like, so like, so bonuses, uh, bonus is already in, right? Or is he have an extra one on top? He has of two it? bonuses. He has one for 1.3 million for being an all-star and the other one for 1.3 million for making all NBA. So they're separate bonuses. Oh, well, if he gets that, I'm not even sure how they would stand under the tax. I mean, they'd have to like really. <laughs> well, if only we had a podcast where we could talk about. Movies well, like okay. Movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, well no, that's, that's, that's the biggest one out there, right? Or is Turner's bigger technically? Turner's is, I think a million. Right. And then he has for all defense, which is still big. That's still still big. But I guess, I guess both those are the probably the most likely bonuses to happen. I could, act, I mean, correct. No, Warren hit his three hundred his three point bonus his first season with the Pacers. Oh, and so then it doesn't carry over another year because he didn't hit it last year. He did not hit it last year because of injuries, which so it doesn't count against the cap right now. But if he hits it, the bonus what still is, counts for the tax, right? So they have to be t- conscious. So let's what get is to his the bonus. F- Do you know what his bonus number is? Uh, it, there's a lot. So he so here are all of Warren's bonuses. He has one. 250,000 for making over 37% of his threes and taking over 185 threes. Guys, I promise we'll get to serious Pacers transactions once we get through the cap stuff here. He's another one for uh, playing a certain number of games and his team makes the conference finals. That's also 250K. He has another one for being an all-star. It's 500K. He has another one for making All-NBA. That's 750K. So, yeah, he alone could get them way over it as well. So, bonuses. They have a really good season. They're kind of screwed because, like, what's, like, no, they're not screwed. They'll be a better team, but they can. But they're easily... screwed to money. They have to yes. really move off Jeremy Lamb to make this like at all work. Jeremy Lamb. Let's start with Jeremy Lamb. And it's been a hot topic amongst Pacers Twitter, and it's been a hot topic amongst us all offseason. Jeremy Lamb trades, right? Because especially now that they have McConnell and Craig in the fold for sure, we're not just guessing anymore. His spot in the rotation just seems gone, right? He was worse than Sumner last year. They're not going to sign Tory Craig to not play him. They drafted Duarte. They have a lot of guys in that, and they have Justin Holiday, right? They have a lot of guys in that two, three range who they would like to play more than him. And he makes ten and a half million. When they signed him, it made sense, right? He was going to be good off the bench. He was going to fill a starting role while Oladipo was out for a while, right? It, he he made sense. Once he got hurt, he was worse. He didn't fit as well with Bjorkren. So maybe he'll be better with a better coach. But just given where he is in the rotation and his salary, he's the most obvious guy to be traded. And you know, they, they can trade him for lesser salaries pretty easily. Uh, yeah, Lamb so can go, walk go ahead. through that. Walk through that. What? Because, right, there's you don't have to exactly match when you're under a certain number, right? You have to be within a certain range, right? Yeah, so Lamb can be traded for a guy making as little as, like, 5.9 million, a little over 5.9 million. So if you did that, you would definitely have probably enough space, even if, like, really Warren, Turner, and Simone's probably all hit their bonuses. You probably, Yeah, pretty close. Still, but you would probably be ensuring like two of them, which is probably more likely than all three hitting every bonus. I mean, if they, if Ward's bonus is fully hit, that means they're in the conference finals. And I'm not sure at that point. And then, then you have a team that's worth paying luxury because you're good enough. So, so, so the bucks just pay are paying the tax because drew won a championship. If they didn't win the ch- title, they wouldn't have been in the tax. Oh, that's, like that's that. like, I think that's a, it's a fair, you know, yeah, you take that. Bet to make, right. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, I'd be down for that. That's fine. So I'm not saying a lamb trade is more or less likely than it was before free agency started. But I do think that the Pacers are going to probably do something else uh, in general. Maybe not something huge. You know, maybe it's trading Lamb for lesser salary and that's it. But they need to do something. We'll talk about their other options uh, going forward. 
with other segments of the show. But Lamb's the, the, the biggest one, right? He's going to be a $10.5 million player who might not play at all, right? So that's that's something to monitor. When I was thinking about um, trades for him today, I was trying to think about how they could get one minimum contract away from the tax because they can kind of, like if you get to mid-season, you'll kind of know like how your bonus or bonuses are going. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, but if you get to mid-season, then the, if you do a minimum guy, you're right, you're halfway through. So instead of having like billions, it's cheaper like, as well. Great. Yes. Well, if they create four million space, now it's only two. Right. 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 So that's so, but but like they they so they could trade. Uh, th- these are five names I came up with. I'm not saying these are guys that Jeremy Lamb are going to be traded for or anything like that. But these are five names are, that made sense to me. Chetty Osman uh, from Cleveland. He has three years left on his deal. He makes about six million a year. So the Pacers save some money. The Cavs get an expiring contract and a little bit better of a player. Tyus Jones in Memphis. He's probably not even in their rotation next year. Uh, cheap. And you know what Tyus Jones is? He's a third point guard, right? So Memphis yeah, gets a wing. A of, checks a lot of boxes. Yeah. Aaron Baines in Toronto makes about 7.3, I think. Uh, they don't need him anymore uh, there, although he wouldn't play with the Pacers either. Um, but just a way to shed some money. Juancho Aaron Gomez with um, with Minnesota. There's been some rifts there because the Timberwolves apparently didn't let him play in the Olympics for Spain, which is really weird. Um, so they could save some money trading there. The Wolves, I'm sure, would like to save the money going forward. And DJ Augustine, a guy we have talked about for other reasons all summer with Houston, makes about $7.3 million. They're going to give all their minutes to young guys. So that's just five names that make sense for Lamb straight up trades. There's a lot of aggregation you could do. Maybe they trade him with Keelan, but they, I think that trading Lamb for less money makes a ton of sense. And is, is you know, if they want to keep Keelan, we'll talk about Keelan later, is easily the easiest way to save the money, distance yourself from the tax, and be able to make another small move if they want to. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I have a feeling Keelan like barely factored into the decision. I think the main decision is he makes ten half a million dollars and you don't really want to play him next year. So, like, right. you're better off finding either somebody who makes less money than you can kind of like justify not playing because making less money, or more importantly, give you some breathing room because, like, there is probably a hope that like one of Turner, suppose one will hit their bonuses because, like, Turner, if he was healthy all last year, borderline all, 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 all defense, uh, Sabonis was probably what the fifth best center last year, sixth best center league. So like there's a chance he could be all NBA if things break right this year for him and Warren obviously the same way. So I think you definitely want to get some room and you, maybe you want to keep Keelan, but I'm not sure that's like the, the overriding factor is mainly that like you have a 10 half million dollar salary. You don't want to play. Keelan's a nice fallback option for them to get that tax space. Right. Like right now, but it's not um, but yeah, he really should enough, not right? It's barely, I mean, it gets, it, it serves you on case one of the guys bonuses, but if right, two of them right. do, you're still screwed. Yeah, but it's it's not, it's an option, but I don't think you should drive much of your decision making based on Keelan Martin. You know, yeah, what I mean? based on your fifteenth best player. Yeah. So even beyond just my opinions of of the cap, right? We can go to Jay Michael's reporting, and he's been like, like look at everything that he's reported that's come through this offseason. Well sourced. What is third year doing this now? Yeah, so it's cr- crushed the Duarte stuff was all over that they would be pretty quiet in free agency. Um, so he put in in his article previewing free agency for the Pacers. He said, "quote." The Pacers would like to unload Jeremy Lamb, who's in the final year of his contract and has had health issues since he broke his leg two seasons ago. They don't have a spot for him, and his defense is a liability on a team that took a major step back there last year. So that there's reporting on it too, right? Like beyond that, it intuitively makes sense. There's there's uh, options there, and another thing the Pacers could do is just dump him for nothing, and then they'd have a big. That's going to come uh, costly. That's going to be a costly. Possibly costly. You know, he, he he's expiring, so it's not super negative, but I would agree they probably have to Yeah, but these teams are going to take it. I mean, they're going to want the first pick because they're going to take advantage of the Pacers and look like you need to make this move, basically. Yeah. So, like, I mean, at least if you, like, do the, like, the Tyus Jones, for example, at least you're trading a Bassett for a bad asset. And so, like, you can both convince themselves that, like, just the right move to make and move on kind of thing. If they were to trade Lamb for nothing, 
the you know teams have spent right so there's way less options than there were two days ago that's just how free agency goes but the hornets currently have uh enough cap space the pelicans barely have enough cap space to take him for nothing uh and then the mavericks thunder and orlando magic have a trade exception big enough to take him in for nothing well, the so they're just sitting there to take this trade <laughs> yeah the thunder are ready they are ready uh, but like the Mavericks, even like if they if they don't they didn't get the Rosen right, like that, what are they going to do? Right? Maybe they just take an expiring punt. Who knows? Orlando only has one roster spot left. Like I don't know. I'm just so, I'm getting ahead of myself. But they, there are between those five teams and the guy, five guys I mentioned earlier, there are ways they can trade Lamb to cut money. It's just they shouldn't shoot themselves in the foot too much with like giving up assets to make it happen. But I'm sure they're thinking about how they can save money using Lamb's Lamb's. Yeah. Contract. So uh, we can wrap this up on this lens up. But like the last question I have for you is how protected would the first round pick need to be to get the thunder to take him? Right. Like, Oh, if it's a first, I'm out. I'm not doing it at all. So what, if, what I mean, like, so what if it's top, like let's call it 25 protected for four years. And then it conveys to two second round picks. Is that enough for you to be like, that's worth no, it. I would not do that. I would not do that. Okay. It has to be a second round pick. Not yes, even, any, absolutely. Not even like a, a so first round pick that like, if they do with the trade away, it's like the 26. So you know how I said, Keelan Martin's not going to make me drive decisions. I can just cut Keelan and save 1.7 million and deal with the rest of the money later in the season. I'm not trading a first to get off him at yeah, all. Yeah, but isn't if he was the top 25 to first round pick, it's basically a second round pick anyways. No, because the rookie scale contracts have a lot of value. True. Alone. So I just don't know if they're going to be in the top five in the league and record anytime in the next let's call it three. I agree that, that that's true, but I'm not risking it for, for a salary dump. No top chance. 28 protected. Dude, it, I, I, no, still no. <laughs> okay. I, I'm just curious. I, I, I think I would be okay. I think if it's a, if it's a well protected first round pick, cause I just don't think they're going to be and then if you did like two years or three years out. And then it conveyed to two second rounders. I might be okay with that. Um, so like last year, remember they traded leaf for the and the difference between their salaries uh, was, was basically 3 million that cost them a crappy second. Right. So, like Lamb for Tyus Jones is about a three million dollar difference, right? In total money. Yeah, but I think that might not have cost you that much because I think both teams want to get off both assets. Sure, sure. Right? Just, could just, just I'm just saying what the what the general cost of a small salary dump would be. We've gone over this too long, but I think yeah. that is one of the two very plausible things the Pacers might do. And the, and in reflex to the reason we're saying these moves is they would sign someone, right? They they would fill the money slot or the roster spot with something uh, going forward. But let's pivot. There's still a Pacers free agent out there. I want to talk about for a little bit because he could, in theory, be someone they're thinking about. Though maybe not Jakar Sampson, still not on a team, uh, still has his cap hit on the his free agent hit on the Pacers books because it doesn't really matter. But uh, a guy I want to talk about a little bit before we close with more Keelan Martin thoughts. So let's do that. But first, let's take a little break. Talk about the great folks over at Built Bar who are making the best tasting protein bars ever. They are one hundred percent covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew protein bars. They come in a ton of delicious flavors. They have something for everybody. Everyone who's tried one has a favorite flavor. I like the peanut butter chocolate one a lot, but you know, the double chocolate's really good. The cookies and cream's really good. If you get the mixed box, you'll get two of each of their nine most popular flavors. And not only are Built Bars really good and tasty, but they're healthy too, right? They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, only 130 to 180 calories, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. And they're the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. You'll get 15% off your next order. That promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So I want to talk about Jakar a little bit as a move the Pacers could still make if they free up a money slot. Uh, I don't know that he's a necessity or anything. They added Isaiah Jackson uh, in that in that 4-5 role. 
Um, but if they keep, if they bring back Samson for another year, they'd have his full bird rights next summer. He's proved to be a good utility guy. He's well-liked off the court. Justin Holiday is a big fan of his. He's still out there. Um, would you prefer Jakar to, to Keelan Martin, for example, Adam? Like Doing no. that would actually save the Pacers about $40,000 against the time. Uh, the unfortunate thing is no, because Jakar can't shoot and Keelan Cannon shooting is the most yeah. important in the league at this moment. I mean, I think he was like some like amazing shooter, but he's shown some flashes and uh, shooting is like extremely important, especially because they have enough bigs. I mean, that's like, like Jakar makes a lot of sense when you've got like 200 centers, but I feel like you can find the Jakar guy and maybe somebody's more centered prototype, like sitting out there than actually Jakar, right? We've seen the struggles. If he plays center, like they get pretty, uh, like they, again, I'm thinking the playoffs with tears ago when he, when basically Sabonis and playing Jakar played the backup center, it wasn't great. I mean, it was okay when he could score, but at times he got just taken advantage of, um, by some of the bigger Miami players. So, I, you know, I, I hope Chicago will find another spot to land, but I would much rather have Keelan. Yeah, I think Isaiah Jackson sunk Chicago's ship, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, like even if Jakar is obviously going to be better next year, you play the rookie every time. Like, Jakar's not offering you so – he only played like 300-something minutes last year. Like, that's not so much that you uh, – to me, at least, you feel like you have to bring that guy back. Like, if, if I talked about the savings because – I think I agree with you that I'd favor Keelan slightly. And remember my, my stat from a few weeks ago is that Keelan played more than Jakar last season, right? So the Pacers kind of felt similarly as well. But if the savings were a little bit more, like two or 300,000 where you could get close to maybe sizable, this this could change our plans a little bit different of, of what Keelan Martin makes next year versus Jakar's minimum, then maybe, you know, then, I, then I'd have to think about it because then you'd get other advantages of, of other little moves you could make. But it's not quite big enough um, for me to think that the Pacers would be thinking that way. So while Jakar is is helpful, and I think that if he was back, it'd be fine, right? If he'll take a one-year minimum again, great, whatever. But I don't think it's worth making a move for that alone, right? If they end up if they end up trading Lamb for nothing, like we talked about last segment, and they have an open roster slot, and Jakar wants a minimum, sure, whatever. Like that, that's completely fine. He'll be a depth guy who is fine with not playing minutes anyway. But that's kind of, I think, given where he's at, the only thing I'd consider with him in a move going forward. Yeah, and I I think if you really are in a bind for like the kind of any place you can find somebody on the open market, like Just call up an agent and say who's your energy guy. Yeah, and to be honest, if your car doesn't find a team, he could be back on this team in three months if something happens. Right? I mean, that's that's, right, that's also a possibility. I mean, that's you know you don't like give it him forever. There's a chance that he could come back theoretically. Um, yeah, I I just think like he he doesn't do anything that like you need right now, right? You have enough center big players now because of, because of your draft picks and you need more shooting and you can't really do that. The other thing that I think could have helped him here is if he was more vocal off court, right? They talked about needing that locker room leader and he's not quite as old as someone you'd expect to fill that role. Um, but you know, if he was a little more vocal off the court, uh, he's very vocal on the court, which is good for the way he plays. But if he was a little more vocal as a locker room guy, I think he'd have a little better shot of sticking around, but financially it doesn't make enough sense for them to change their plans to try to fit him in after that, what they did in the draft after they added Craig too. like Craig even can play the four. Right. So the, the Jakar just seems too duplicative at this point. So even though they have his free agent rights in theory, if they're able to open up roster spots because they make a, a trade or something, sure. Maybe they can find a slot to bring him at the end of the roster. Right? They don't have a glut of forwards. They have enough forwards now, but they don't have like a glut of them. So sure. Bring him back, bring him back if they, if that happens. But I think with him, this might be the last segment we we really cover what they can do with him because you know his time with the Pacers just seems to have hit a wall and there's not enough benefits right now to adding him to the roster. Yeah, and I mean getting two years 
with an NBA team and not play ten minutes is a pretty good, you know, deal for him. He was very helpful in the in those two years. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to retrospect on him right now, but you know, no, it was provided a lot on the minimum. He definitely did. Totally. Home run, minimum hire. Like way yeah, better than, uh, I'm trying to think. Who was the guy that, is it Chris Copeland? Is that the guy who used to play for the, or who am I thinking of? He used to play for the Knicks. The game of the Pacers was on a minimum and like was just not, like did nothing. He could shoot? shoot? Yeah. He was supposed to be able to shoot? Yes, that was Chris Copeland. Copeland? I get, okay. I wasn't by the last name right. I couldn't remember. Yeah. So he was way better than that, at least. Yeah. He's substantially better than Chris Copeland. So I'm, but he was in the same spot. Copeland was like the 11th or 12th guy on the team or even lower sometimes. So yeah. Right. So, yeah, Jakar has not found a home yet either. But the thing with minimum guys is they kind of go last uh, in free agency anyway, just because of the way free agency timing is structured. Right? Remember, Jakar, it took him a month to sign with the Pacers two years ago. He actually signed in China before the Pacers called and added him up. So there's a chance he still sticks with the team, I suppose, if they make a trade. And, and I think it's worth monitoring what ends up happening with him. But, uh, you know, th- as one of the, that, that's one of the moves they could in theory do, which is why I want to talk about it today. But very not important to what they might consider going forward and, and not a reason they would make a small move for the rest of the week. So I I'll bring him up here. Um, but I don't think he's a reason they would, they would make one more move. Yeah, I totally agree with you. All right. Let's talk about the last thing, the thing we've been referencing all podcasts, the last way they can save some money, a potential small move they could make uh, that is, that is right there in front of them waving Keelan Martin or keeping him right. And again, they're close to the tax, probably assuming all the reporting about contracts is right. So that's scary. Being close to tax is scary and they have an easy way to get off some money. So let's talk about that. But first we got to talk about the great folks over at rockauto.com who are bringing you this episode with the ever increasing number of makes and car models. It is impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. You have to endure the pointless and intimidating questioning and then wait and just stand there while they order the parts because they never have what you need in their little chain store. Then you got to go get it once they carry it and that's a waste of your time. Go to rockauto.com in your pocket, if on your phone or at home on your computer, you can save time and money. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over two decades. The prices are always reliably low for every customer. I'll now have everything you need right there. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. They'll have it. Go explore their easy-to-use website today. Find out the solution to all your auto part needs. Rockauto.com. Go check them out right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on. In there, how did you hear about us, Fox? So they know that we sent you from Lockdown Pacers, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So Adam, how we've been talking about Keelan, I think we were in lockstep here, and I think this still stands, but in the context of what we're talking about today, I wanted to bring this up. We said if they need to waive Keelan by his cutdown date to make a different move, that would either make them better, save them money. They'll do it. If not, they'll keep him. Uh, and I, I still feel that way. Uh, so Keelan Martin has a 1.7 million uh, contract that becomes fully guaranteed for next season on the 7th, which is Saturday. So that's a, a close deadline. They have to consider that not officially confirmed yet what they're going to do there. Uh, they were they're They're not sure. Right. For the same reasons we are. They, if they don't know if they're going to have something better lined up. So this becomes even more important today, because if you think about how close they are to the tax, extremely close, they might need to free up that 1.7 million, right? Then they'll be a, a little over 2 million away if the two guys they signed are at their lowest possible first year values. And if you're 2 million away, right? If everybody hits their bonuses, you're in the tax, but that means your team made the conference finals. Like they, they might be okay with that. It's more likely than not, they would not all hit their bonuses and they'd be fine. So it's still risky, but they, they could clear a spot there with Keelan. And when I was talking to Chad Buchanan last week at the Pacers media event, when they signed or when they introduced the two rookies, he was talking about how they might try to have their last roster spot be like a partial guaranteed guy or a non-guaranteed guy 
so that they have flexibility in the season in case they want to make a move or in case they realize the tax is going to be scary, right? So I think Keelan, uh, how it, it's, it's coming for me now, Adam, as I monologue for two minutes again and never let you talk, um, <laughs> is that if they can't find a Jeremy Lamb trade, I think they'll actually end up waving him. I finally have a take on Keelan Martin. If they can't find a Jeremy Lamb trade or another whatever cost-saving trade, they'll probably end up waving him and signing someone cheaper to his roster spot or just someone on a lower guarantee. And if they can find that deal, then he might have a chance to stay. I mean, so do we think Keelan has a like offer from other teams? Like, he, if he gets waived, he's gonna or he wants to go somewhere else, or can get even a contract somewhere else right now? So I don't know. Uh, he was good at the end of last season. He was better last year than he was his first season, and that's usually helpful for guys trying to chase that minimum deal with another team. But the reason I say I don't know is he's eligible for two ways, right? He's only been in the league for two years. Uh, and he could definitely get a two-way. He's definitely talented enough. Yeah, but growing. does he need to sign a two-way sooner rather than later, or can he go get one in late September or early October? Uh, I mean, summer league games are starting in, in, the, in the Sacramento summer league. Right now, the Heat are playing the uh, the Lakers, which is crazy, by the way, but um, that, that, that summer league is starting. So those guys are competing for two-ways right now as well. So, I mean, the sooner you're available, the better, right? So I guess, I guess what I'm wondering is, like, I feel like the likely move right now is a wave re-signed with a like further long guaranteed date. That is right. a possibility that just I just buy time for a lamb. Like you basically tell them if we trade lamb, we're going to keep you and not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like that's sort of the thought or they can't, then they can, they can't really go. Well, can they, they can't offer him a two way deal, right? The Pacers can, I guess they could they? The Pacers. Uh, if you, yeah. I mean, if he clears waivers in theory, they could, but I guess uh, they could, they could promise him. Well, but then they're not, no they, way, no way. Yeah. Right. They've already got their two way guys. Set, Washington so. plus either Brian or Stanley. Yeah. That's no way. So it basically does he want to take the risk. And right. Of because he well, if he if they get rid of Lamb he's guaranteed a roster but to totally it's much better than being in, in on a two way deal but um you'll lose out on some money if you don't that doesn't work out it's also his birthday today as we're talking oh, I didn't know birthday. that I'm on his uh, basketball reference page I didn't know it does this but it has their birthdays on there and it says age twenty six dash zero 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 days and then it says comma happy birthday in bold and an exclamation point at the end so that's cute basketball reference thank you for making me laugh while I'm recording a podcast but you know I think another thing like like you say what what's gonna be out there for him right so why would the Pacers keep him if there's a guy that no one else would sign you know what I mean I think there'd be something for him even if it's just minor yeah I guess to me it's it's more on his end taking the risk of this right. like the roster spot that could get him with an NBA team or not and I because like do we think they can move I guess let lamb the next three days. I guess they could, right? The, oh, definitely, definitely, definitely could. So I guess because once it's like day four free agency, like when Thursday or Friday comes, and teams realize that okay, their plans are done, they can't do anything, then then that's when the trade pivots kind of start happening. Uh, so that that's kind of when that stuff happens. So yeah, I think it's more likely okay. to be later this week. But the other thing is, we just saw this with Rodney Hood today. Rodney Hood, Woj reported, agreed to a deal with the Bucks. And he hadn't been waived by the Raptors yet. He was also not guaranteed for next season. So it's not like Keelan's agent can't like, uh, sorry, sorry. If the NBA is listening, this never happens. This is not a real thing. You mean go seek a deal with somebody else and get a face away? <laughs> yeah, the, the, his favor. agent can uh, can sniff around. And then if they find something, the Pacers can do him a favor. But Well, maybe maybe they can find a tell once him and Jeremy Lamb and make a double move. <laughs> I did think about uh, a fake trade with the Timberwolves that involves something like that. And know, that's I've ironically where he played uh, two seasons ago. But yeah, Keelan's, so, so Keelan's kind of in a precarious spot where I think if they can't make a trade, uh, his roster spot might be in more jeopardy than I thought. And if they keep him past Saturday, then I think a trade mid-season is extremely likely, right? Like by the trade deadline, I think a trade by then would be extremely likely. So 
I get to the very end and I and I and I add the caveat that while the Pacers, I think, will be making another move to cost to cut costs, it could come at the trade deadline. It could not be a free agency thing, but um yeah, they're very precariously close to the tax, and I don't think any team likes being that close. So I think that they're still going to be active and trying to find ways to shed a tiny bit of money. Yeah, I also assumed with that last spot, even in Chicago, they just wanted to have sort of an open spot to compete for. That's usually kind of like a thing going to training camp. Does not necessarily have a guaranteed 15 spot, especially. Like, I mean, I think did they have it last year. They did, right? They did. Well, no, kind no, of. No, because O'Shea got it eventually. Well, Keelan was partially guaranteed even last year, remember? Yeah. We, but then how did they clear about how did they get the spot for O'Shea? There was they cut Lequeux. Remember, he was That's fully right. guaranteed, but they had to trade for him in the Leaf deal. So that last year was a little different because of that. But yes, usually they carry someone well, to the season. deal was so small, it didn't matter, right? Yeah. Like yeah, Alize wasn't fully guaranteed last year in camp, and uh, I think um, Jakar they could have moved off of last year. Well, and they well. had much more space between them and the tax line last year. Like could afford to cut Lequeux oh, sign. Who did they cut really to sign West Matthews to? Oh, Ek Bogu. They had it with him. Uh, two years ago, and they cut him to get Wes Matthews. Three years ago, Adam, do you remember? This one's fun. Okay, three years ago, who did they cut to sign? So three years ago, was Lance. They, they signed Lance, right? No, they signed Trevor Booker. Oh, that's right. Who did they cut then? It was uh, Damian Wilkins. Remember that? Oh, yeah. He started his last game before he knew he was getting cut because Bojan was hurt. But, yes, they have historically carried a partial – or non-guaranteed guy, either onto the roster or through camp. So the year that they, before that was Lance, right? Uh, the year, Lance correct, was the guy. correct. Okay. 2016 was Lance. Uh, well, not off. Only a year off. <laughs> you idiot. I'm kidding. So that is uh, that is something they like to do. You are correct. So I I, I believe that it's possible that a, a, an outcome from this week could be, and Keelan has to be agreeable to this, which if you're his agent, you'd, you'd be kind of mad. But, you know, they waive Keelan, uh, and then they just either re-sign him to a new contract with, a a smaller guarantee like a partial guarantee or or whatever a few hundred thousand or something or if it comes to saturday and they're talking with his agent and they say we might waive you they could agree to push his guarantee date back to i don't know late late december or something uh so that he can go into camp and battle on a non-guaranteed deal still be their way to to create flexibility but it gives him a chance to prove himself with a new staff, prove he's worthy of keeping and someone else is worthy of dealing. And, and so that is a possibility as well. So that could be their whole minor move is they just move Keelan Martin's guaranteed it back. But that is that, the two way players make how much money do they make. Uh, they don't count against the cap at all, but they make like 500,000. Well, no, I don't know. But I mean, they make dollars. So like the base could offer him a $600,000 guaranteed contract. Sure. Got him Last year, they I, offered him a half guarantee of his 1.4 million. So I think he had like 722,000. Because I, I imagine he could probably get a two way deal signed within about 10 minutes after he gets cut. Right. <laughs> really? Yeah. Right. I just, I don't think that's he for a guy who shot 40% last year in a few games, like, he'll get a two way deal. Like, it won't be that hard for the him. The Cavs, so, remember he scored 25 in Cleveland? The Cavs would be like, oh, we're giving you a two way deal immediately. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, he could easily get a two way deal. He's still young enough. Like, right. so like, I just, you have to make it worth his while not to sign that. So maybe right. that's what they do is offer him just like, I was thinking five hundred thousand and one $1, but it's probably kind of insulting. So maybe like, yeah, don't do that. 600,000. <laughs> well, but the, but the thing is they have to be strategic with the guarantee because the guarantee part still does count against the tax, right? The payments do matter there. So. The final thing that I I have to say it, even though we're, it's not going to happen, is they could cut O'Shea. That, that would get them farther from tax. They should uh, that, absolutely that. not do that. But they, I can. think, if you're forced, and that's the reason you do trade land, you do put a first round pick next to land and get rid of them. You really, <laughs> that no, is if possible. Really forced Actually, to, that's what you do. It. I would think about that. Or, or if, if it comes to that, you wave, we've talked about this too. If it comes to that, wave and stretch land, keep the picks and just eat the money. You know, O'Shea is worth three million a year to me. So I would. Well, I guess I'm thinking probably I'll be a mid year thing could happen if you have to do that mid year and probably. That point, Lame is probably even more like right, 
right? Movable because it's even less money and you could probably do it. But like, if you really, if, if O'Shea has a good year and you, and like you're down to like O'Shea or Lamb in a first, you just get rid of Lamb in a, like a well-protected first. Then just a, uh, like a well-bred first, you, have, you should do it. So if nothing happens by tomorrow, uh, we will probably grade some, some signings they made and, and the contracts of some guys that left to, you know, wrap up their, their bigger deals and talk about how they can fit with Rick Carlisle. I think that's an interesting way to talk about McConnell and Craig. And if nothing's happened by Friday, we'll probably talk about summer league a little bit. Or yeah. We contract stuff because they might be done with substantial moves until Saturday. Keelan's guaranteed it is Saturday. So the rest of this week will be kind of evaluations and fit looks instead of um, talking about what they could do. But I hope this was informative and helpful because, you know, again, they could be done. They could take the risk with the bonuses, but, I don't, I don't think they will, right? That, that doesn't, last year, they didn't take the risk with the bonuses. We have evidence of this in their history. So these are my predictions or ideas they could still make. So if you have, if you are smart and, and uh, have thought about this a lot as well, hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you think the Patriots could do to free up some money at T East NBA or at Freedom Adam 5. This podcast is at Locked on Pacers on Twitter. Thank you guys a ton for listening. We will continue to break down Pacers news and free agency news as the week goes along, like we said, and we will see you tomorrow.